Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And today we have the GHSA Final Four on the girls' side to break down. We quote-unquote tip off, more like inbound, the action tomorrow, which is a Friday and 7A, oh, we had some good stuff happening in 7A, everybody. Games going down to the wire. Teams failing to get the job done again. And it's going to be a fun one. So let's jump right into it. Class 7A. On the left-hand side, Marietta does it again. The Cardiac Kids. If you didn't know, Chloe Sterling is a star by now. She's a star by now. Another shot at the buzzer, this time to beat Cherokee, 54-53 in overtime. A sensational win, beating Cherokee on the road. Tough place to play in Canton. Marietta, what a game. Lauren Walker came up big. She had 20 points in this one, Uh, 10 rebounds, didn't even turn over the ball. I know Chloe Sterling did have eight turnovers, but she did have eight assists and 13 uh, 13 points in the game winner. Um, Got some key contributions from Kayla Day, had eight points, hit some shots. Um, uh, Amory Sr. has uh, played some big minutes in the postseason defensively on post players, getting good hat tip information from Rosser Sutherland, super fan of Marietta. So he's been at every game. He knows the team as well as anybody does. And he's telling me, Chloe, Chloe Sterling is a truth. And with that, I do agree. And Marietta, now they see McEachern. Oh, Collins Hill again. Snake bitten without Westlake to worry about. They beat everybody. But again, it comes as to no surprise. I was saying Brian Harmon or Phyllis Arthur. Who and this and back and forth. And I guess Phyllis Arthur I kind of wanted to go with, but I did stick with Collins Hill, and I did get it wrong. But, again, it was a coin flip game. Phyllis Arthur, been there, done that before, multi-time state champion. Mr. Harmon, no state titles to show. We'll be very interested to see if Collins Hill reloads that roster or if they go quietly into the night. But a terrific season, again, heartbreaking for all those seniors. What a great run Collins Hill has had but unable to get the job done because Jill Hollingshed came to play, goes out with 34 points to lead McEachern past Collins Hill. An incredible showing after they lose 52-51 to open up the season. They get the job done in a big, big way. 34 points, dominated the paint, collected 17 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, and four blocks, safe to say the All-American feels comfortable at her new home. An incredible output. Denim DeShields, very good herself. 18 points, six rebounds, seven assists, and five steals. Uh, three steals, that is. Five steals for Siani Sanchez-Oliver, who was very effective as well with 11 points. So... McEachern gets a job done, so now it's the biggest rivalry in town. Powder Springs, Marietta. Of course, 
These two teams hooked up earlier in the season, and it was a classic. 61-59, to McEachern won. Marietta kind of lit them off the hook. They were outscored by McEachern 20-5 to in that third quarter. Still had a chance down the stretch. Um, Lauren Walker was big in this one for Marietta. She had 23 points, 11 rebounds. Chloe Sterling, 17 points. She was very good. 11 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 steals. You look at what um, McEachern had. Balanced scoring. Jill Hollings had 16 points. Denim the Shield, 16 points. Kaylin Ellis, 11 points. And Akira Cole Messiah had 10 points. So what do we expect in this game? What do we expect in this game? Man, oh man. Two hated rivals, hated, heated, whatever word you want to say. These two teams dislike each other. These two schools dislike each other. And this game is going to be played at Marietta. So expect that place to be packed. Expect there to be a lot of um, a lot of security there, of course, because this is going to get rowdy. Marietta, what do you have to stop Jill Hongshed? Because she is in his own right now. I already read off what she just had in the previous round. 34 and 17, just all American is dominating. Um, as we mentioned earlier, uh Amory Sr. has provided some some bulk inside and has defended Susan the Goldfack and Kate Johnson down low. But Hongshed's a different beast. She's not just a banger, she's quick. Outside, she can shoot the three. She can space the floor. I don't know. What is Coach DeWitt going to bring to the table? Um, He's got a lot of game planning to do. Now, he's going to have to have some players step up. Chloe Sterling, she's going to have to protect the ball. She's dynamic. She can play with these girls. She might be the best guard on the floor, actually, even though she's only a junior. But she has to make sure she limits turnovers. Uh, you know, she has a lot of ball handling duty, so it's, you know, she's prone to turning the ball over sometimes, but she has to be clean with the ball. Kayla Day is a good defender, a freshman. I need some stuff out of MJ Harris. I need Lauren Nelson to provide some, some aggression, both defensively and offensively, knocking down some outside shots. They're going to have to be key in this game against McEachern. I know when they played early in the year, Lauren Nelson had six points. MJ Harris had four points. Kayla Day had seven points. Need some more. Need some more production. But even with that being said, it was a two-point game. Um, this is going to be a really good game. I, I I love this one. I like the X and O's aspect. I know Coach DeWitt, he hasn't won a ring, but he's a great coach, and he always leads these girls, and they're believing right now, and he's going to have them fired up for this one. McEachern, McEachern was the number one team to open up the season. Um I think Marietta's going to have to be very aware of Kaylin Ellis. Make sure they track her on the three-point line. She hit three threes in their, their previous meeting this year, but she didn't do a whole lot in this last game against Collins Hill. Uh, Marietta's, they've, they've been down in a lot of these games in the second half. They've struggled in the third quarter. Um, they've trailed by double digits at times. They can't get off to a slow start against McEachern. They're going to have to be neck and neck. They're going to have to be right there. I think Lauren Walker, she's going to have to be big, scoring the ball. Finishing inside, grabbing rebounds, defensively altering shots. She's going to have to be dynamic. Um, I think McEachin, they have they have some more pieces, more pieces than, than Marietta does, and they're young pieces, but they're good pieces. 
um, young pieces and good pieces on the Marietta side, that is. I think McEachin, their pieces are more senior-laden and veterans. But Marietta, they have some talent, but they are a little bit young. Uh, I'm going to go with my... my you know my my initial number one ranked team in the state. Obviously, I'm 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 out as far as the left side of the bracket goes. I had McEachern playing, well, I had uh, Collins Hill playing Cherokee, so I struck out twice there. Uh, I have McEachern in this one. I'm going with them, trusting the instincts of them being one of the best teams all season long. But again, I preface it by saying anything happens this time of year, and especially a rivalry game, and it's at Marietta. But I am going with McEachern a program that has won multiple state titles in the past, I will go with the Indians to beat Marietta in a very good game. Right-hand side of the bracket, Woodstock ended the Cinderella run of Newton 64-39. to um, I said in the podcast, Newton has great guard play, and they can do, um, they can do a lot of good, talented stuff as far as getting downhill and scoring the ball and sharing it, but... They were a little weak inside, and that was exploited by Casey Miller, the Northside Columbus transfer that moved in in the offseason. Had 23 points, and then Bridget Utberg dumped in 32 points. So when you get 55 points alone from two players, 55 out of their 64, boy, oh, boy, that's impressive. Woodstock, they will play Brookwood, a 44-41 winner over North Forsyth. Diana Collins, 18 points, 3 assists, and 6 steals. Uh, you got 6 points from Nakea Williams, Amaya Durham, and Sierra Hall, all with 6 points. So what do we have in this game? They had Brookwood making it to the to the state title um, initially in my our opening preview podcast of the state playoffs. Um... Diana Collins is really, really good, but Bridget Utberg, she has proven time and time again. She is uh she's up there. She's she's nearing elite. I am looking at this game. This game's gonna be um it's gonna be at Brookwood. The one seat gets that that home court advantage. Whew, making these picks on the fly. I think it's not as easy as just sticking with my original pick of Brookwood. I may be flip-flopping here. I do think Woodstock, if they're going to get play like that out of Miller, if they get Casey Miller to produce like that, I mean, I'm not expecting 23 points, but if she can give you 10 points, if Savannah Casey can do something inside and score and provide some length, I think that helps out. Carson Martin has been very good, very good at scoring the ball on the perimeter. I think, even though I picked Brookwood initially to make the state championship, I think with how well Woodstock is playing right now and with Bridget Utberg being able to match what Diana Collins can do, even though she's a superstar, I do think I'm switching my pick, and I am picking Woodstock to make it to the state championship. In Class 6A, looking at my bracket, I have gotten only two games wrong the entire postseason. However, I did pick a Final Four team wrong. Top of the bracket on the left-hand side, Carrollton won over Langston Hughes 49-40. to 40. Um, We got this one right. 
was a balanced attack for Carrollton. Low-scoring game. Low-scoring game. 12 points apiece. Damari Flanoy and Janae Edwards. Kanaja Daniel, who just picked up a Michigan State offer, had 10 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals. And he goes to Abbasoy, had 8 points. Well, Kende Abbasoy, 7 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. Good effort from Carrollton. Was in control 39-24 at the half, if I'm not mistaken, and was able to salt this game away. The surprise is Buford getting beat by Lovejoy. We didn't know if Lovejoy was experienced enough to win this game with young guards, but boy, oh boy, did they get the job done. Um, Inside was a big factor for Lovejoy. Brianna Hardy, 11 points, 5 rebounds. Um, you know, I know Lania Foster's more on the perimeter, but she had 10 points. Brianna Preston had 10 points and 5 assists. Lovejoy shocks Buford and wins coast to coast. They were up, I think, pretty much almost the entire game. Buford was playing catch-up the whole time, and this was at Buford. So, wow, Lovejoy is peaking at the right time. So now they get Carrollton. Uh, again, my original pick was Carrollton to make it to the state championship game, and it's going to be tough. This game is going to be played at Carrollton, so a little home court advantage. Jamari Flanoy is going to have to be very good with the ball and score the ball, but Lovejoy inside, that's where Lovejoy is going to have the advantage. Hardy, Layla Hood, who hasn't had huge numbers this year, but we know she's big and super athletic, and she was a, an average like 19 and 15 at the Class A level over her first two years. She's good. I am kind of worried about Carrollton there. Can they keep Lovejoy off the glass, and can they score getting downhill? Now, I think Carrollton, even though, again, Lovejoy, very good guard play, but Damari Flournoy is a different animal. Kende Abasoy, really good. And Kanaja Daniel, just with how she can you know, play one through three, you know, pretty much play all over the floor with her versatility. Who am I going with in this one? I'm... Sticking with my original pick of Carrollton. Now, if Buford got the job done and Buford won impressively, I'd be uh, I'd be wavering. But Carrollton, Damari Fournoy, at home, I just I just love what they're able to do. If they can turn over Lovejoy and if they can just handle Lovejoy's overall physicality, which is easier said than done, I think Carrollton can win this one because I know they're going to be able to score from the perimeter. But Lovejoy. A young team in the backcourt and some big, big uh, athletic girls inside. That's a tough matchup, but I'm sticking with my original pick. I'm going with Carrollton. On the right-hand side of the bracket, River Ridge, 74-57 over Grovetown. 22 points from Lay Codinera, 19. Matea Gale, 16 from Caballero, who had a good game for them. Uh, Caroline Caballero, that is. And then you got 10 points from Emily Paulson. So, balance attack, hit nine three-pointers, take care of Grovetown. Now, it gets challenging because you play the juggernaut, the boogeyman, maybe the best team in the entire nation, or at least one of them, Westlake, who beat Kell 55-46 to Nia Latson with 28 points, Snoop turned 16 points, they get the job done. Raven Johnson, a little bit of an off night, but did not matter in the end. So, what do we have here? This game is at River Ridge. 
I know they're going to bring a great crowd. Expect that. Cherokee County will be there in Woodstock supporting. Um, but do they have a chance? I mean, if they play like they did against Kell, it's, it's, it's possible. I mean, tonight Ladson had her 28 points, we said, but Raven Johnson had seven points. was only two of ten from the field. Um, that's tough. They had 12 turnovers, not horrible. Um, they only were three of 10 from the three point line and Tania Latson hit three point, uh, three threes. And that is, that's, that's a rare occurrence to be honest with you. She's worked on her outside shop, but you know, I might be able to scroll through quickly. It's not often she's hit three, three pointers in a game. That's, that's the first time all season long. She's hit three threes in a game. She's got a handful of two three pointer games, but if she starts knocking down outside shots, you're in trouble. And she was able to do that against Kill. River Ridge, they had 16 turnovers against Grovetown. And I fear if they don't get that to 10 or, 10 or less, that's 16 turnovers. Those 16 turnovers, that could very easily turn into 32 points for Westlake. I've been harping on this all year long. You cannot have live ball turnovers against Westlake or it's two points going the other way. Kel stuck in there with them. Um, but I don't think River Ridge, I mean, I know Matea Gale's very athletic and she's very good. And she shoots the three-point shot very well. But the rest of this team is, you know, they're very they're very solid as well. But this is a, a team that is based on cohesion and unity. But they're going up against a Westlake team that can beat you at every single position. I worry about Tania Latson getting downhill now. You do have um, some size inside, and Sophia Reyes, um, you know, doesn't look like I'm not seeing that she even played in this last game against uh, Grovetown. So that is a cause for concern if she's not playing because you need that size. Uh, You see, Allie Sweet has been very good and long and effective atop, you know, their press defense and getting a lot of rebounds throughout the year. But you're going up against Missia McKinney, who's a big bulldozer inside. Snoop Turnage is another animal. I think Westlake wins this game. And I know River Ridge will use it as bulletin board material. And I've seen it. And I want it off Twitter. But I think Westlake wins this game. I would be utterly shocked if they lose to River Ridge. I saw River Ridge earlier in the season against Harrison. Now, Allie Sweet did not play. But they were a nice team. They were a good, solid team. They have racked up a lot of wins, and they're playing with great momentum and great poise right now. But now you are seeing the absolute best in the state of Georgia and in the southeast. You have a 20-game winning streak on the line. But I do not see Westlake losing this game. I don't see Raven Johnson repeating with a an off night. I just think her defensively, she's going to be so tough for Matea Gale and those River Ridge guards. Um, they just can swallow you up. They're athletic. They're big. They're long. They have rebounders inside. They're tough. I think Westlake wins this one. And I'm going to go on record, and I'm going to make people upset. But I think Westlake, by double digits, I could see this game being 15 points plus. Moving on down to Class 5A. Woodward pulls it out in the end. Wins the fourth quarter by 10 points, 23-13 over Southwest DeKalb for a 70-59 to win. And now they see 
Griffin, a 44-42 winner over Loganville. Leah Turner with a late shot to win it all. Woodward, let's go up top. Um, they uh, they had to pull it out. It was a really tough game with Southwest Cab, but Sydney Bowles carried them through the fire. 34 points and 9 rebounds. And then Sarah Lewis, who has really exploded as a scorer this year, had 21 points. Great effort by both of them. And now they're seeing a Griffin team. Like I said, Leah Turner with a big shot. So what do I expect between these two schools? <sighs> Griffin can play a defensive, physical game. We saw they won that low-scoring game at Loganville, battling the big girls of Loganville. Samaya Puckett can cause issues, double-double threat and block shots, really strong around the basket. And Leah Turner, of course, is a good three-point shooter. Um, they're going to have to get some um, some help from others offensively. Uh, and I think you might see it from Aaliyah Duranham, who's been one of their better guards. And I think a, a key piece defensively is Nadia Byard. I always say that. I think she's a very good defender. Six foot tall, very long. And they're going to need it because there's going to be a lot of length on the floor for Woodward. They're going to throw Lewis and Bowles and Mackenzie Moore and, and Zoe Scott. All these girls with length and length and length. And then you got the, the, the quick little ankle biter who always provides great energy. And Kyle Lanier, a very good little guard. I think Woodward is going to win this game. I'm sticking my original pick. My original pick was Woodward making it to the state championship game. I just think that their, their high-powered offense, I, I think Griffin can sometimes be a little bit more reliant on their defense, and I think they're going to slow this game up a little bit and make it a little grindy and gringy and grungy with all these fake words in the half court. But I think at the end of the day, Woodward is going to have too much firepower. I think Sydney Bowles, just having that size on the perimeter, um, I'd be interested to see how Griffin defends her, but I do think Woodward just has a little bit more of a you know, more options to turn to offensively, and they're so big. Everyone, everybody scoring points for them is about six foot tall, six foot one, and I think that length will eventually wear on them. And I think, you know, Smile Puckett's going to do a really nice job of protecting the rim as best as possible. But if you're shutting down one six one guard, there's going to be three other six foot one forwards coming right at you, and it's just going to be, just going to be a lot going on. So I do think Woodward Academy. Um, you know, who had 14 offensive rebounds against a big team in Southwest Cab, I think they might be able to do something similar to that against Griffin, and Woodward will advance on to the state championship. Right-hand side, Forrest Park wins an ugly one, 42-27. Uh, no one even cracks double digits for Forrest Park. and You know, both teams struggled to score, but I, I think Forrest Park's going to have to do a lot better in their final four matchup against Dutchtown, a 51-47 winner over New Manchester. Um, you know, Paige Lyons leading this team nonstop has really, really put them on the map. You know, transferred in, going to East Carolina. She is carrying this team, and she is doing it once again. Uh, 25 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 steals. Uh, I think it's going to be tough because she's going to be driving into the lane where she's going to be waiting uh, you know, waiting for is going to be what six foot four, six foot five. Sanaya Fagan, who can block shots. Jasmine Stevens has length. Um, even Yasmin Allen, the freshman, can guard multiple positions. So I think 
you know, the interior play, it's going to be tough to get buckets going inside. Now, I know Paige Lyons can shoot, but she's so good at turning the corner and getting to the rim. She's very effective in that way. I think that could be um, pretty pretty challenging for her to, to do it. But you know, Forest Park, the game plan is going to be to slow down Paige Lyons. That's that's everything. You know, Stevie Scott had 10 points. Jade Anderson had six points in this win over New Manchester. But I think Forest Park, they had the horses to be able to make sure she does not go crazy. And I think inside Saniya Fagan, um, she is going to be super tough to stop. And then Olympia Cheney, and we need her to step up. Jada Brown, Jalissa Knowles, so many options to choose from. I just think that they have more weapons, and I think their size inside is really going to affect Dutchtown. So I like Forest Park to win this game and make it back to the state championship in Macon World. They will try to defend their state title. In Class 4A, we have some Cinderella still dancing Cedar Shoals, who we did predict. I think we did pick them in our last podcast over Spalding. They take care of Spalding, 55-34. Dump them off. Uh, big game, Autumn Jones with 26 points. And they will see Carver Columbus, a 61-60 winner over Jefferson. A really good game. Starting to get some of their players back. Big size advantage inside. Um, that did hurt. That did really hurt uh, Jefferson down the stretch there. So Cedar Shoals versus Carver Columbus. Uh, you know, I, my, I did pick Luella when everything started, but that did not end up going well for me. Uh, I'm thinking Carver. You know, this is a game that's going to be played at Carver. Carver with uh, uh, Inishon Jones and Kamaya Edmonds, I believe, is just got back. Uh, if I read a direct message correctly, provide size. Um, Demia Beecham, Demia Beecham, and then uh, you know, Kiana Gaines. That's just going to be a lot of firepower. I think Cedar Shoals is going to come out and they're going to give him a good, a good run. I think Skylar Lattimore and Ashley Lester will uh, will be key in this one. But I just think Carver Columbus are they're locked and loaded. They got past Jefferson. They're really starting to hit their groove now, and I like Carver at home to get past Cedar Shoals and and end Cedar Shoals' magical run, and um, you know Tigers advance back to the state championship game after missing out last year. On the right hand side, K Row fifty one forty nine over Pickens. They pulled it off at home. Um, Pickens had a great season, but K Row just able to shake them. Now I see Troop, who Troop's going to have to play a lot better. They won 49-42 over Flowery Branch, but they did not play all that well. I mean, just looking at what I found, didn't hit a three-pointer in the game, three of 13 from the foul line, and turned the ball over six times in the final four minutes. That's not good, but their full-court press really hounded Flowery Branch and never let them really get into a groove. Um, you're looking at Angie Doel, Dodell, uh, the freshman. She has been huge. She's, you know, earned her way into the lineup. She led the team with 15 points, 11 in the second half. Alexia Murphy um, and Nia Palmer, 10 points apiece for this troop team. And they are going to attack, attack, attack. K-Rose guards, Ambria and Chambria Vicks. 
Here you have it. This is a chance to make a huge statement, and they are going to be attacked by, you know, Troop County and Jada Green and all these girls that they can throw out there that really get after you defensively. They are going to press, and they're going to ramp up the pressure, and it's going to be unlike anything Cairo has seen before. I can certainly tell you that much, that this team has multiple guards that get out there and really defend. I like Troop in this one. I picked Troop when everything started to make it to the state championship. So I'm going to stick with Troop. I think Cairo. We're going to see, do you have anything else outside of the Vicks, the Vicks girls? Can you get some big contributions? Um, I know Troop is going to come in there with the game plan to try and slow them down. And I think Anaya Palmer, her length, and Alexia Murphy, her just, you know, her, her ruggedness and nose for the ball keyed in with a bunch of aggressive athletic guards. I think Troop will be able to pull it off and get back to the state title game where they fell short last year at Macon. All right, everybody, time to gather around. It is that time, Class 3A girls. As I look at my bracket, we said this was a tough one to call, but I have all of my Final Four teams still alive. Now I did switch the pick. In the previous podcast, to Sonoraville, at Sonoraville. And we'll touch on that game in just a second. But I'm looking at a very nice bracket with every single Final Four team. I did pick Cross Creek to win the championship game. Uh, we'll see if I will still stick with that pick. But I uh, know they're trying to say, oh, you picked the Gans. We let the uh, the furnace. Nah, 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 nah. You got to listen to every single podcast. I'm going all the way back to a before the coin flip podcast and I did pick Cross Creek to make it to the final four and win the state championship but things change and we have a lot to talk to I have seen every team left in this 3a field except for Cross Creek and we'll we'll touch on that in just a second but left hand side Johnson versus GAC rematch of last year's final four game we had question marks surrounding Johnson and their legitimacy. Of We knew they were a good team, but were they a great state championship team? And I think they had 11 points at halftime. Now they obviously scored a lot more in the second half. Things opened up some. But GAC gets the job done, 53-43. Both teams you know, struggled to score at times. But J.C. Bolden stepped up in an enormous way, 17 points. You had Kaylee Addy with 16 points. Molly Pritchard and Lauren Randolph. Randolph going to Memphis, big girl inside, both with seven points apiece. So they have a home game since they win the universal coin flip. Top of the bracket gets the home game now. And they play Upson Lee, a game I was at. I was at the castle just the other day. I was at the castle, everybody. 66-58 winner over Stevens County. And this was a very good game. And Stevens County led. They jumped on them early, and they were hitting outside shots. So, this could be rambling. This could be all over the place. But there are some points I do want to touch on between these two teams. Now, I picked GAC to make it back to the state championship game at the... Uh, at the beginning of everything, our very first podcast. 
preview in postseason. And I guess you could say it's hedging my bets when I flip them, but then I go back and say, well, I picked them at the beginning. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. So, GAC and Upson Lee. Well, let me talk about this Upson Lee game first. I'll read off the stats from this one. Upson Lee, 22-0. I know they like to claim 23-0, but I don't know where they get the 23rd win because it wasn't a forfeit in the first round. It was a bye because there was no team to take that spot in order to forfeit. So I have Upson Lee, 22-0. Only undefeated team left. They won this game with Jakira Ellerby and Jakia Parker, who just was great. And Ellerby had 21 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, and 1 block. Jakia Parker, about 5'9 guard, um, 17 points, 17 rebounds, 3 assists. And then Tyler Zellner was great. Big girl, but a great touch. Skilled, 13 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks, can shoot the 3. And Alonzia Montgomery, she came to play in the 4th quarter, scored a bunch of her points, but she finished with 8 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. So, in this game, what did I see from Upson Lee? They struggled at times. They play that that 2-3 zone. And uh, they do, they do, they do struggle at times closing out on shooters. I thought they did not um, really handle that all too well as far as getting out and contesting because Savannah Broska was torching them. She had four threes in the first half and set the tone early. And Upson Lee never led in the first half. They grabbed their first lead of the game, um, what was it, 36-35 at the 414 mark of the third quarter on a Tyler Zellner bucket. Upson Lee, very athletic and deep, and they can hurt you in a lot of ways. Parker, I told you, she's really good. She she needs to be on some D2 radars. I mean, 17 points and 17 rebounds. Now, um, Coach Range would, would slide her in and have her post up. They would look for some mismatches, and she would post up inside, and she could score inside. And she's so athletic. She attacked all these rebounds exceptionally well. And Jakira Ellerby, you know, she'd grab it from the high post and she would drive right and she would get to her right hand and she would finish and she'd get Euro steps in transition. So athletic and very skilled. This Upson Lee team, um, they turned it around when they, they started to close out on shooters a little bit better. Not great, but better. Still have room for improvement. But when they turned this into a track meet and they got up and down, they can get going, and they are a physical team. And I already mentioned how many times they're an athletic team, and they have weapons. They can come at you in a variety of ways, and if it turns into a drag-out, knockdown fight, they have fighters. Trust me, they have fighters. They do have fighters. This game with GAC, I'm looking at Can Ups and Lee, if they're playing in that 2-3 that zone, can they close out to shooters? They can't leave Kaylee Addy open. She will knock down outside shots. And I already mentioned what her stat line was with 16 points. Well, hell, she had a great game rebounding, 16 points and 14 rebounds. She can get the job done. And she is going to be the best player on this floor as far as overall polish and skill. And she can, you know, create off the dribble. But Upson Lee is going to have foot speed and physicality. And Upson Lee can foul. They can get into some foul trouble. 
Um, but they, they, they're quick. Now I'm looking at J.C. Bolden. Will she have a repeat of 17 points? She needs to. And just looking at what they did from the three-point line against Johnson, 2 of 13. I don't know if that's going to cut it against Upson Lee. I don't think that's going to cut it against Upson Lee. Myla Benton, the freshman, she's going to have to hit some outside shots and space out this defense. Because I know, I do know, GAC, they're going to have size advantage inside with Randolph and Pritchard. But I'm telling you, LRB at 5'11", she is tough as nails. She will out-rebound them at times. Parker can do it as well, even though she's undersized. Um, if you're GAC, how are you stopping Upson Lee? I think Upson Lee has more weapons. I really do think Upson Lee definitely has more weapons offensively. And if this does get into a track meet game, um, you know, even when it comes down to depth, I think Upson Lee has a little bit more of an advantage in the depth category. You know, a lot of these signs are telling me that GAC, it's going to be hard for them to match up with this firepower of Upson Lee. This is a very good team. They are deserving of this one seed. They're tough. But I do think that there will be some areas for GAC to hurt this zone of Upson Lee. Primarily with the outside shot. And they do have a few shooters. But if they're not shooting well, if they shoot 15% like they did against Johnson, they're going to be in trouble. And, you know, my, my initial Final Four pick... Like I said, I got all these Final Four teams, boom, 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 nailed. Now it's a time where, again, do you flip-flop or do you just want to ride it with what you have? Going to be at GAC. Again, can GAC handle the physicality of Ups and Lee? That is going to be a key test. And will Kaylee Addy get help scoring the ball again? I know I'm a broken record. I said I'm not very good at podcasts. I go in circles a lot. I'm just trying to think on the fly. Ups and Lee, I think, I think Ups and Lee should win this game. I think Ups and Lee should win this game. I think Ups and Lee is a favorite in this game. I just think they are going to be so tough, so very, very tough for GAC. And Ups and Lee is going to bring a crowd, and it's going to be loud in there. However many tickets they're allowed to have, they're coming. I've already been told they're shutting down the town. They're getting buses. They're coming. So GAC, they're coming. They are definitely coming for you. But GAC is the defending state champs. Kaylee Addy has risen to the occasion numerous times throughout her career. I think Upson Lee is a better team. But I think GAC with Kaylee Addy is at home. I think it's going to be a knockdown, drag-out fight, which I think... Benefits and leads to Ups and Lee. I think Ups and Lee should win this game. <sighs> but I think I'm going to pick GAC. And I think I'm going to stick my initial championship team, GAC. I don't feel confident. I think Ups and Lee's better. I think Upson Lee is going to, again, I already told you that the athleticism and the toughness and how they can shoot the three, I saw them hit one, two, three, four, five, six, six threes. Not a whole lot, but that's from one, two, three, three different girls that can knock down shots. And that's not even including Jakira Ellerby. So I think I'm 
thinking what I say. I already said GAC. Not confident at all, but I'm going with GAC. I'm relying on Kaylee Addy. I think GAC is an underdog in this game, but I don't always pick the favorites. I can pick underdogs, and I'm picking GAC to make it back to Macon. Now to the right side of the bracket where it doesn't get much easier to try and break these games down. It's like pulling teeth trying to get a prediction out of me. What we saw was Lumpkin County. I said it was going to be a you know tough game, long travel. Had a lot of girls in foul trouble, but they stayed on the floor. 64-55 winner at Pierce County. Avery Jones, the freshman, is just, again, taking over 23 points. Isabel Davenport, North Georgia guard, 17 points. Emmanuel Colleges, Mackenzie Caldwell, 10 points. Mary Mullinex, 10 points. Lexi Pierce, 4 points. But they're seeing a much more, you know, a much tougher team, I would say, in Cross Creek, who, yes, I, I as I said, I picked them to make it and win the state title before the tournament started. But I did say at the coin flip, I don't see them losing or I don't see them winning at Sonoraville. Well, they did. Sonoraville fell apart in the fourth quarter. Outscored 16-5 to in the fourth quarter. Sonoraville had this game, and it crumbled, and it fell apart. And as I said earlier in the season, I feel like this Cross Creek team could be like last year's America Sumter team, where you had one stud dog player, that was just not going to let them lose. And America Sumter had that last year. And this year, it's Jordan Dorsey. It's Jordan Dorsey for Cross Creek. And, you know, region player of the year going to North Carolina A&T. She dumped in 28 points. She's going to be tough to stay in front of. She's very good. She's tough. Uh, you got... Michaela Bogans, a freshman, had 10 points. She is the key that, you know, she is really balanced this team. Jenna Wilburn had seven points in this game. And they were able to hold, hold Alexa Geary to just 12 points. So defensively, they did a very nice job and they, they shut it down. And, you know, now they, they had to travel to Lumpkin County. And the Gold City, it's going to be absolutely Insane, and I know I said that about Sonoraville. And now it's a much bigger gym, so maybe they're not right on top of you, but it's a bigger floor, a bigger gym, and it's going to fit more people. And Kim Schlein's comments down in Augusta. A little birdie has told me that Lumpkin County is very aware of what she what she has said, how she feels like they are making it to Macon if they win on Tuesday against Sonoraville. And, you know, I, again, all my picks, I've said I, I'm picking Cross Creek, so I guess she's been listening to Spielman and Dillon, and she's listening to me, and, you know, she's always had stuff to say. I know she had a lot to say after the Troop County game last year. She's very confident, and she will say things, and I don't blame her. They're a very good team, but I don't want to give any extra motivation when I play other very good teams. And Lumpkin County is a very good team. I'm thinking about, you know, I guess they were able to pretty much keep Sonoraville in check for the most part, but you have to do it all over again. And maybe Lumpkin County's not going to blow a fourth quarter lead if they have it. 
Lumpkin County is going to shoot the ball exceptionally well. Again, Avery Jones is going to beat you off the dribble and get to the basket. Isabel Davenport is going to swing the ball and knock down threes. Mackenzie Caldwell provides energy and athleticism and defense, as is Mary Mullinix. All these girls, they all fit into the role. Lexi Pierce is a tough on-ball defender. This will not be easy for Cross Creek. And Lumpkin County knows they have home court advantage. And they know, you know, a lot of people, you know, they might think they're underdogs. And I do think it's, I I do think they're a a slight underdog. And they've gotten this far. And they have a special team. And that whole community is surrounding them. And it's going to be tough. And again, it's going to be one of these games where Cross Creek, you're going to have to play your A game. You're going to have to maybe even play your A-plus game. You're not going to come in there and play a, a, a B-type game and beat Lumpkin County. I'm going to go with my pick still with Cross Creek. Again, Cross Creek versus GAC is a championship game. I picked at the very beginning of this, and as I said, you know, I have to kind of trust my, you know, even though I see more teams and I get more knowledge and it, it changes my mind and, you know, recency bias is a thing as well, but I'm looking at a pretty great bracket. The only games I got wrong was Tattnall County beating Burke County, a 2-3 game in the first round, and then my other pick I got wrong was Stevens County beating Koala Creek in the Sweet 16. Other than that, I haven't gotten a game wrong, folks. I've been lock, stock, and barrel. Now it could all crumble and I could get both these games wrong, but... Out of all those games, I've only got two games wrong in my initial bracket that I picked before the playoffs. And I'm going to trust what I was thinking back then. I might know more now, but I don't have the cojones to change what I see as a successful bracket to this point. I think Cross Creek and Lumpkin County goes down to the wire. I think GAC and Upson Lee goes down to the wire. I think GAC is an underdog. I think Lumpkin County is an underdog. Not by much, but I see Cross Creek versus GAC in the state championship. And again, going to be hard to get there, but those are my picks. And I'm going to stay true to what I picked before the February frenzy and before the March mayhem all took place. So I have Cross Creek versus GAC in the state championship. We now move on to class 2A where things got pretty weird. Pretty weird. Washington County was not weird. 71-46 win over Callaway. 22 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 5 steals from Ashley Gray who's really been bringing her game to the next level to go with the Flagler signee or commit, however you want to call it. Miracle Parker, 22 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 blocks. Uh, McKaylee Parker, 11 points. Nariah Gamble, 6 points, 11 rebounds. Deja Canty, 8 points, 8 rebounds, 4 steals. So they handled their business. Bottom left-hand side, Josie, 46-45, pulls it out over Elbert County. 10 points from Kishana Brown. 10 points as well. From, oh my goodness, Miss Cody is this? I'm going to pull it up real quick and make sure I know. But I'll pull it up for you. Give the proper credit to Josie. Uh, Ariana Booker, 
that is, with the 10 points. So, very impressive win for Josie. And I think they're finally, the worms finally turned. They have some nice wins now. So they got a lot of confidence. So this this game against Waco, it's, it's going to be at Washington County. Coin flip it. I'm telling you, this is getting that coin flip game. And trust me, Washington County has played Laney uh, three times this year. So that, that's a similar opponent right there. And they beat Laney thrice, I believe it was. They did beat them three times. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, again, I'll make sure I double-check that. Um, yeah, they did beat Laney three times this year. And you know who else beat Laney a, a couple times, multiple times? Josie finally got over the hump and beat jo- uh, beat Laney two times. So it's going to be a really, really tough game. Um, I'm leaning on Miracle Parker and Ashley Gray in this one to lead the way. The home crowd at Sandersville, going to be tough. But Josie... They have some length on the perimeter. They are athletic. Um, Deja Huck is a solid guard. Coach Bailey has done a great job of erasing those demons. Real coin flip of a game. I had Washington County making it to the Final Four. I mean, that's the only team I got right in this Final Four. Everything else has gone to hell in a handbasket. But I'm going to pick Washington County. I think over the course of the year, they've been a little bit more consistent than Josie. Um, Josie, the two seed, didn't even win their own region. Um, but they are a very dangerous team. But I am going with Washington County. I do think Miracle Parker is the best player on the floor in this one. I think Ashley Gray will play a big role as well. So I do have Washington County in a close, 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 close game. But I think they survive Josie. Now the right-hand side is where things uh, got haywire. You got 31 points in the first half, 41 for the game from Michaela Timpson, most dominant post presence in Class 2-8 for Early County. But she finishes her career without a state title, which is just, it's hard to fathom. At Early County, they get beat by Fannin County, 66-64. Early County allows 12 three-pointers, and that's what you have to do to beat a team like that. They weren't going to score inside whatsoever, and they were a sieve letting, you know, Michaela Timpson score at will inside because she does that against everybody, and she was going to do that against Fannin County. But they hit 12 threes. Natalie Thomas scores 15 points. Abby Ledford, 13. Courtney Davis, a freshman, 12. Reagan York and Becca Ledford, 11. That's a lot of points, and I think, I mean, gosh, that's one, two, three, four, five. That's pretty much every bucket, every point accounted for between those one, two, three, four, five players. So, Fannin County, major kudos to them getting this far. Didn't, didn't, you know, I I knew they were a solid team, but didn't didn't expect them to get this far. I mean, they got beat by Lumpkin County, 61-27, who we just talked about. They got beat by 23 by Rabin County. Um, so they took some tough losses, but they got red hot at the right time, and they erased uh, an undefeated Early County team with the best player in the classification. And now they see Butler, 56-55 winner over Columbia. Columbia without two of their starters who went down with knee injuries in the past two weeks. So Butler takes advantage of a shorthanded team. India Terrell had 29 points, but it was not enough. Fantastic career comes to a close. Butler 
19 points, 13 rebounds from Jayla Thomas, 15 points from Brianna Sims, and 11 from Tamisha Slater. So what should we expect here? I expect Fannin County to have a raucous home crowd. Um, I don't know if they're going to hit 12 threes again. I mean, that's a freaking nice recipe to hit double-digit threes. You're going to win a lot of games. I mm, I don't know. I was going to say, you know, early county, I, I thought their potential athleticism, I know their size was going to hurt them. Um, but Fannin County shut lights out. And do they have anything left in the tank? To recreate that. If they do, they beat Butler. If they're, you know, they only hit five or six threes, I think it's tough. But um I had Butler losing in the in the sweet sixteen. So I, I haven't picked Butler this entire time really. And it's worked for them. And I think I'm gonna pick against them again. I think I'm going with Fannin County at home to win and make it to the state championship. Becca Ledford. Loved her when I saw her last year. Natalie Thomas, great three-point shooter. And obviously, Courtney Davis has really added another dimension as a freshman. This is a good team. Haven't been able to see play in person yet. They were supposed to come to the Sandy Spill Showcase before we got canceled from COVID. But this is a good team. Um, you know, really, looking at the brackets, you know, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I, f- I feel like some of our better teams in the state, all throughout the season, we're not able to get to the Final Four, but that's what makes it February frenzy. It's tough to win games when you have a target on your back in the state tournament. And kudos to the surviving four teams, Waco, Josie, Fannin County, and Butler. But I do have Fannin County. Again, if you can, well, I, I, did, I did say if you could stop Michaela Timpson, you could stop anybody. They didn't stop her. They gave up 41 points, but they did survive her. And I do think... They'll be better for it, and I do think they will find a way to beat Butler. But if not, it's possible. We have an all-region four state championship, and wouldn't that be crazy? I know the city of Augusta would love that. Now we move on to Class A Private. Again, I'm looking at my bracket. I got all my Final Four teams in it. I only got two games I picked wrong, which was Stratford. Um, you know, they beat Savannah Country Day. I had that the other way around um, in the Sweet 16. And I had Calvary Day beating Deerfield Windsor, which did not happen in the Sweet 16. But other than that, we're clean, everybody. Top four, all correct. That was, let's see, we have Uno, Dos, Trace, three teams from Region 5 that made it to the Final Four. Hmm. No surprise there. Top left-hand side, we saw Hebron will make it quick. Mincemeat out of Stratford, 79-24. to 24. Malia Fisher, 17-10-5. Nicole Azar, 16 points. Carly Hedger, 11. And Carly Fahey, 8 points. No surprise, Stratford never had a chance. Bottom part of the bracket, where it got very scary for me. Galloway, 54-52 over Green Force. Kayla Kane. Kyla Kane, Kyla Kane, Kyla Kane, who I said was an X-Factor. I've said it a couple times throughout the year. Her X-Factor when she plays with energy because she, you know, about 5'10", 5'11", bulky-ish, can play wing, can play a little bit inside, a little bit outside, game-winning floater to send Galloway to the state championship game. No, not yet, but the Final Four. 
that was a great game. Kyler Kane, um, 13 points in this one. Um, Tiana, Tiana, Tiana Thompson, 12 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals. Allison Hoffman, 11 points. And Jada Rice, so good to have her back from injury. ETSU, 8 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, and 3 steals. So they survived that length of Green Forest. And now they get Hebron. And these two teams are familiar with each other. Let's pull it up, see what we got here. And they have already hooked up. Looks like they have played. Uh, they have played twice. Respectable outcomes both games, everybody. Looks like Hebron won 65-54 at Galloway. And then they won 55-45 in the region tournament, I assume. So two close games decided by 10 points, decided by 11 points. Um, it's going to be tough for Galloway to get past Hebron. I picked Hebron to win it all and to make it to the championship game. Um, I'm going to stick with that pick. I just think Hebron with their size, Malia Fisher and Jesse Parrish and all of them and Hedger. They're outside shooting in Azar. I just think they have they have a few more weapons than Galloway. And Galloway's going to play them close, and they're going to play them very tough. And it is hard to beat a team three times. But I do have to stick with Hebron. They're just all seniors. That 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 means something. I just after how they fell short in the Final Four last year, I just find it hard pressed to believe that they can't get over the hump and beat a team for a third time this year. Galloway, a terrific season, but they're running into a buzzsaw in this one. I do think Hebron advances to the state championship. On the right-hand side, Holy Innocent, 60-34 over Deerfield, Windsor. No surprises here. Olivia Hutcherson, 14.7 rebounds and 6 steals. Sanaya Harris, 11 points and 9 rebounds. And Rachel Suttle flirts with a triple-double, 10 points, 8 rebounds, 8 steals. Now they play... St. Francis, a 55-50, let's see, 55-42 winner over Elka. My apologies. So they get the job done. You're looking at this game. Um, Good effort. Mia Moore, 19 points, going to Mississippi State, the point guard. Erica Moon, 11 points. And Trenice Taylor, 10 points in this one. So they advance, and now they see Holy Innocence, two of the better programs every single year. I know Holy Innocence going for a three-peat now, if I'm not mistaken. Going to be tough. And these two teams, they, they hooked up very first game of the season. And a lot has changed since then. But St. Francis won 70-61. to But this time of year, it's where it gets very tough. St. Francis hasn't been able to climb the mountaintop in a long time. It gets really tough this time of year to win these win these games. And, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be challenging. I think it's going to be challenging for St. Francis to get there. Um, they, they did beat them that first game. But, I mean, as I said, that's that's years apart. It's been so different. And this year, especially for this Holy Innocence team, who's really rounding into shape. I mean, they were stuck on like five, six games played for the longest time. And St. Francis has pretty much had a, for the most part, a regular season being able to play and get their games in and get their footing. 
Um, so they, they have a little bit of momentum, but this team, I guess if you want to say Holy Innocence has a little bit fresher leg, it's, it's possible. Um, and, you know, this is a rematch. We forget this was a rematch of last year's state championship game. And, again, St. Francis, more talented on paper, probably, maybe. They lost 66-53. And we said last year, if not now, then win for St. Francis. Well, I hate to say it, but I don't think it's this year either. I think Holy Innocence will beat St. Francis. And they will avenge that prior loss. I know in their first meeting, uh, Trenise Taylor was 10 for 10 from the floor. 20 points. One of the best games of her career. 20 points. Eight rebounds. And Erica Moon had 17 points. And uh, Mia Moore had 19 points. But I don't think that's going to happen this time around. Holy Innocence, um, they got all their bodies there. They're physical inside. Olivia Hutcherson, they're very well coached. They're very good defensively. Um, I think Zania Preston might be able to provide some sparks here and there when needed. This Holy Innocence team is good. The Settle Sisters, very good team. I'm going with Holy Innocence. I think they're just going to, you know, they've been there. They've done it before. They have a little bit of a mental mental edge on St. Francis when we get this tight and this deep into the postseason. I personally feel like it's been, like I said, it's been a while for St. Francis now to get over the hump, and I don't think they're going to do it this time around. I have Hebron playing Holy Innocence in the state championship. And now, lastly, it's time to cover Class A public Three out of the four teams I I have in my final four. Um, Greenville really scared me. It was a great game with ECI who came on strong, forced overtime. But Greenville holds on 78-75. A little bit more balance. Uh, a little bit more balance than uh, ECI. And that's why I tended to pick them. Uh, Jabrika Leslie had a big game. 27 points, 12 rebounds, 7 steals. Adriana Perdue had a nice game. 20 points. Amanda Ogletree, 13 points. And they get the job done. And they see Clinch County. I picked Clinch County to beat Lake Oconee Academy. And they pulled it out. And I think if this box score is correct, Lake Oconee led 14-10 after the first period. But Clinch County led by as many as 14 in the second half. And they got 20 points from Adriel McCray, 16 from Zy Johnson, and Amayon Grady really stepped up with 15 points. Um, so they, they had those role players step up and, you know, Lake Oconee Academy, they had 22 points inside from Piper Bozart and Destiny McClendon, they, they hounded her. She had 17 points, but six of 29 from the field. Um, Clinch County is very quick. They're athletic. They play good defense. They have good guard playing Johnson and McCray is tough as well. They showed it when they held Destiny McClendon, you know, held her to 23 missed shots. So now Clinch. Versus Greenville. Again, it's going to be about who's that third score that steps up for Clinch County. Will it be Grady again? Who knows? That would be huge if it is, but it's going to be tough. Um, but I do think, again, much like last year's Wheeler County team, not as deep or as balanced as Wheeler County, but a team that is led by seniors has been pushing the rock up the hill and you know Sisyphus trying to get it up there, but it keeps falling back on you. I'm going to go with my original pick. I think Clinch County gets past Greenville. Going to be tough. I think Greenville has more weapons. But it's going to be at Greenville, too. It's going to be really, really difficult. But I'm sticking with my original pick of Clinch County. McCray and Zahia Johnson 
getting the job done. They're going to have to handle pressure, and they're going to have to really be able to stop the Leslies and, you know, Ogletree and Purdue, two good guards. But I'm going with Clinch, even though, you know, maybe they're an underdog. I think Greenville is a better balanced team, but I'm still going with Clinch. And on the right-hand side, GMC, we knew it could get ugly. I just did not think they were playing great basketball in the postseason, and Calhoun County is really starting to round into form. 61-34 win for Calhoun County. Now they see Commerce, 55-47. How about that? Brianna Sanders, who was a preseason All-State pick, third team, but All-State, 17 points. You get 15 points from Carson Hobbs and then 10 points from Maggie Mullis. So how about that commerce, a two-seat out of Region 8, representing and getting past Turner County. And now it gets difficult. Calhoun County with Takiya Davis inside blocking shots and the rest of that team. Uh, A lot going on as far as. Um, you know, depth and a lot of seniors. Just such a senior-laden group, Calhoun County. Very good team, and I think it's going to be Calhoun County. You know, I, I have Clinch playing Calhoun. That was my original pick in the state finals, and that's what I'm sticking with. I think it's going to be tough for Commerce to go to Calhoun. That's a far, far drive. That's going to be tough, and I know they had home court advantage against Turner County. That was nice. But now you're going into you know Albany area. It's going to be weird over there. It's going to be going to be a tough environment. And I think Commerce, I think they fall short. I just think Calhoun County with the big girl inside and Takiya Davis going to USC Upstate, able to turn back anything inside. I think Commerce, much like what we saw um, up in, what was it, Class 2A with Fannin County against Michaela Timpson, you're going to have to hit a lot of outside shots. I don't think, I don't know if Commerce is going to be able to hit 12 threes, and they might not need 12 threes, but they're going to have to hit some outside shots and loosen up that Calhoun County defense. Um, But I think it's going to be tough, and I have the Cougars advancing to the state championship. And that is it for our final four preview podcasts. The girls are all wrapped up. Again, follow me at KyleSandy355 on Twitter. SandySpill.com. We got all state teams coming out at the conclusion of the state playoffs, along with state rankings. Check back in for our, I guess it's our state championship podcast now, but we are truly blessed to be at this point of the season when we didn't think we were going to have the season. So if you have been tuning in and listening to this podcast, and if you've made it this far, I really do appreciate it. Until next time, I will see you guys in Macon. I expect more craziness. February frenzy has blossomed into March mayhem, and it's only going to get better from here.